back. You are listening to Media Sales Mojo. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for joining us today on our lovely podcast. We really enjoy doing these. This is the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. And uh, we're, and we're glad you're with us. And Phil, we have sort of a uh, an interesting kind of special show today. Something that we needed to do. And, and our intention is to really be fast paced. But you know, Dave and I both have a, a, a long history of, of work experience, and we enjoy doing these shows. Uh, it is very important for us just to give back, but we don't make it up on our own. Um, we've had our training. We've had our sourcing. We have those people's you know shoulders that we have stood on to get us to where we are today. And we sort of have this innate belief that professionals train. And a truer experience of ours might be more along these lines. Most media people don't. We've trained and then we stop. So we thought we'd do a segment today really giving some perspective to the best reads, the best books that we've enjoyed over our careers. And we're going to offer a a, a top 10 list. So, uh, you know, Phil, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of account managers and sales managers around the country, yeah. as I'm sure you have. And one of the commonalities that I see uh, with the best of the best is that these folks always try to get better. They're yeah. always self-educating. They're reading books. They're listening to podcasts. They're listening to books on, uh, you know, st- uh, books on tape or streaming them digitally to try to learn more, to try to get better. And so... To your point, these are books that you and I have both read. They're different. It's a different list. I've got five. You've got five of books that have meant something to us as our careers have progressed, and Correct. we're happy to share it with you. Uh, I, I think, and it's, it's a it's a it's a love of books too, Dave. Though. Oh yeah, you and I both. You and I are both writing. I'm writing a book. I'm as am I ready to publish. Yep, and as I've, are you. Yeah, as am and I. and it it. It doesn't negate the fact that we go back and reread these books over time. There is always new information, but there are some, I I don't want to call them historical, but there's, there's some must reads. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, these are the the ones that we're going to mention. uh, I I think a lot of them fall into that, uh, that benchmark sort of category. I I wanted to say this, think of it like movies, right? You've seen movies over and over again, and sometimes you you capture a little more the second time or third time or you know i think i've seen caddyshack 50 times in my life um (laughs) and i laugh as hard as i did the first time right but yeah i i agree that there is there's some takeaways that sometimes if if we don't go back and and kind of refocus and retrain and and we're glad that people listen to these shows and they're becoming more and more widely listened to is encouraging to us but it's time for us to share what some it's time for us to share some of our backstory of people that we have learned invaluable things from yeah so i'll start with one that is to me uh one of the most important books in my uh career uh and and it comes from al reese and jack trout now these are these are two names that have written a lot of books jack's written books by himself and as has al but um there's actually two books I'm going to mention. The first one is The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. If you've ever attended my training, you know I hold this book up. I tell you to go look for it. It's in paperback. It is uh, less than 150 pages. 
It's a fast read. It was written a while ago, and it's never been more applicable than it is today. If yep. you're going to do this job and be good at selling and be good at advertising, this is one of the primers that I think you should read every year regarding how markets work and how brands work within those markets and strategies for taking a, a, a product or a business to market. For 20, 20 some odd years, Dave, I had the 22 immutable laws printed out and taped in front of my desk. It's just that, it's just yeah, that I important. Yeah, I, I've done the same thing. I've, 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 you know, printed out the 22 laws with a single line underneath it. And so I look at them, I go, oh, okay, it's the law of sacrifice. Oh, it's the law of the leader. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, I know how important that is to me. So that's one. The second one that I'll just mention from recent trout uh, is positioning the battle for your mind. Again, this is a marketing classic. Uh, this is, uh, again, all about advertising, all about marketing, how uh, some brands get remembered, how some brands get forgotten. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's how to be seen, how to be heard in an overcrowded marketplace. It's never been more crowded than now. And this kind of education has probably never been more important to you to be successful in this job. So those are my two to kick this off, Phil, both by Al Reese and Jack Trout, positioning the battle for your mind and the 22 immutable laws of marketing. All right. The first two that I have up, Dave, uh, the first offering I have is from Roy Williams and the Wizard of Ads. Oh, yeah. um, it, is, it, it was one of the most influential cre creative books that helps unstick your creative mind and think along the lines in, in essence of what's most important messaging to communicate and how and why. Roy, uh, I had an opportunity to have lunch. I think we even had dinner. Uh, he came to town and was speaking, um, a very interesting guy. He's unaffiliated and uninfluenced by other reads. I asked him that specific question, who do you read? And he said, I don't much care for reading too many books because I, I, I want to have this unfiltered creative process and expression. And I, I, I kind of thought that was odd at first, but then you see the work that he's done with his clients. This is a book that um, impressed me so much after reading it and experience it, experiencing it that I've bought many of them mm -hmm. uh, and, and shared them with other clients and so forth. So that's my first uh, Roy Williams, The Wizard of Ads. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, and, and he takes a very, he's a very creative guy, but he also sort of takes this scientific approach to how the brain works and how it Correct. remembers Bro things and forgets. Broke area of the mind. Yeah, and, and all The of, things that all we get that. addicted to and, and how we remember jingles and echoic reminders. And, These are and really the, essential. And how, and how sleep erases some of that. And you Absolutely. have to sort of come back a little bit, you know. It's a really interesting read. Uh, there's a lot of things in there that are, that are very applicable to your day-to-day -day work, but it also gives you a little bit of insight, I think, into uh, the human psyche and how advertising it, uh, sticks and works. Correct. Here's my second installment, Dave. Mm -hmm. The book I'm recommending is Getting to Yes, Negotiation Agreement Without Giving In. It's by Fisher, Urey, and Patton. This is a, a little more complicated read, but a short read nevertheless, which I think is going to be a common theme for all of the things that we talk about today. Getting to Yes and learning to negotiate is very empowering because sometimes I used to argue with salespeople like, how did it go on this call? And well, I got a maybe. 
you know, and I'm like, man, you couldn't even get told no. You know, may- <laughs> you got to maybe. That's how bad you were. You couldn't yeah. even get declined. <laughs> <laughs> so this teaches us that uh, a lot of times that compromise is not good. Hey, my rate's $100. I'll give you 50 Well, let's just do 75 Those are premises that are not, you know, it leaves both sides a little dissatisfied. So it helps us separate people from problems. Sometimes we get aggravated with with our customers. Sometimes we really want to assign fault and blame. And this this book really gives us the ability to see something from a client side Mm -hmm. and helps us articulate what we need to say for that client to see some things from our viewpoint and our vantage point. So these things help us uh, select better options and choice for uh, word usage and how to set up the process. We are in the business of closing things. And so getting to yes is my recommendation for a make sense read. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great recommendation, Phil. You know, um, it's, it's something that we battle with, you know, how do I get over the hump? How do I get a client to say, to get the agreement from them and anything that we can, uh, strategies that we can figure out uh, yeah. is, only, is only going to help us. So that's a good one. Let me take a, the, the next one, if I can, as we're talking about sales skills. This is a book that I thought was really interesting. And, uh, and, the, the, and the folks that I've given it to have, have agreed with me. And it's called The Challenger Sale. And it's by right. Matthew Dixon and Brent Adamson. It's, it's about how, as a, as a salesperson, you can take control of the sales process for, with the client. Okay. So often in our business, um, we focus on building relationships with the clients, which is, of course, important. We, we want to have strong relationships, especially with our key clients. But yeah. we don't necessarily want to have, and you and I were talking about this offline. I think this kind of goes to that. We don't want to necessarily have the client drive the marketing strategy, right? particularly if, we, <laughs> if, if we're right. not convinced that it's something that is going to work. And That's so right. the book identifies five different kinds of sales reps, the hard worker, the lone wolf, the problem solver, the relationship builder, and then the challenger. So it, does it help you define who's on a team? I mean, what are the other pickups from this? Yeah, it, it, it really shows that any, any of those people, any of those styles can become a challenger. It's a learned thing. It's not uh, an innate thing, mm-hmm. but you have to really know the client's business well. I think that's one of the real key takeaways is if you're really smart about the client's business, you can challenge them on some assumptions they're making or challenge them on some of the things that they've done in the past that really haven't worked all that well. It said the book says 40% of high sales performers primarily use a challenger style and only about 7% use the relationship builder style. Yeah. So it's something to look at. And, and uh, it and, sounds like something that I'm going to have to read. That one was not on my list. I have not read that book. And now I've, you've given me a new assignment. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting the way that it works. It's a, it's a sales approach in which the seller actively teaches the prospect, tailors the sales prospect uh, process to the prospect, and then really takes control of the customer conversation. Fantastic. So, yeah, we're really leading the customer in that way. So if you haven't read it, take a look at it. I think it's a really valuable read. My next offering is a very, very popular book. And if you haven't read it, stop the show now, go out and buy it. It is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. It is a parable about change. 
Dave, you and I did an entire yep. podcast on change. That's right. Um, it, it's about us. We need to embrace it. Who Moved My Cheese is a fun, fast read. I, I would guess it's probably 50, 60 pages long, but it's something that the parable gives us an easy capture. Cheese is, uh, you know, is the equivalency of whatever we desire. It could be money or acquisition of things. It's really basically what sustains us and what keeps us happy and how we can be paralyzed when things like our cheese, those things that we want, are taken away. So we get in these relationships with accounts and that's my business and uh, an account gets moved or changed or, you know, it really gives us this experience and, and, and kind of slaps us in the face that things don't last forever. So we need to always be preparing for uh, when our cheese gets moved. Otherwise, we might stay stagnant and stay in the same place. Sometimes operationally, just staying in one place might seem logical, but for others who have their items or things or their cheese taken away, we've got to get out and move. So we need to know that our cheese is going to go away. Nothing lasts forever. This teaches us in a fun, fast way that we need to move on. So my recommendation is Who Moved My Cheese? Dave, how many times have you read that book? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's more than this many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I also encourage our listeners, if they haven't listened to our podcast about change, Take a listen to that, too, because it really, yeah. I think, has uh, has some stra uh, strategies in there. But that's a good one, Phil. I like that one. It's really important. Uh, here's another important book that I think is valuable to read. It's not really about the marketing business. I've got one more that will deal with that. It's not really about sales. It's really about business. It's a business book. But I think it gives you some things to look at and some ways to look at business if you're actually in the business for yourself. I mean, so many yeah. of our salespeople are, they're all... You gotta, you know, yeah, you got to think about it. You, you're you're your own one-man band kind of deal. And that would be Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yes, great um, book. I, I think it's a great book. If you read the book, he'll talk about the hedgehog concept and he'll talk about level five leadership and first who, then what. He talk, in, in one of his chapters, and I, and I think this is a, a mistake I think we make in our business from a, uh, from a hiring standpoint with managers sometimes or with ownership where we look to try to fill a position. And what he recommends uh, is a little differently is try to find the best employee, try to find the best person. Yeah. So his, his topic is, and one of the chapters is, who first, then what? Meaning, who do I want to get on the bus? Yeah. Who do I want to have on my team? And then once they're on the team, let's figure out which seat they belong in. Now, obviously, there are some skill sets that are pretty specific, and you know, you're not going to put you know, a sales assistant in as your chief engineer. You, 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 know, you can't do that. There's certain things you have to do. But you know, I think he makes a valid point where we we miss opportunities because we're hiring for a position instead of hiring for a person. Hiring for fit, somebody that can escalate this team from a level that might be perceived as being, again, to the name, mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But how can we move good to great? Because sometimes we settle for mediocrity. Well, and the, the, the basic bottom line of his book is good is the enemy of great. That's right. You know, because good, good is expected. So I recommend you, you read that. It's a, one of my favorite quotes is, by definition, it's not possible for everyone to be above average. They I can't, love it. You, because you have an average. So you have people that are below average, right? So take a look at it. It's out there. If you haven't read it yet, uh, you know, it's, again, it's one of those books I like to read maybe, you know, once every couple of years because I just, light bulbs just go off when I read it. 
The next book I have up, Dave, is a real page turner. Just don't get attached to many pages. This one's only about 40 pages long. It is called The Quantum Leap Strategy. It is by Price Pritchett. And Price Pritchett is an, is an interesting fast read. Uh, he had another book called You Squared. They're both just real simple books that I've bought several copies of. But it's a strategy really for personal growth. So look, I think it's the, this one's also going to set you back about four bucks. So if you can't aff afford four bucks or time to invest in a 40-page read, um, you don't deserve to grow. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> But really, this has helped me. Uh, it helped me launch a big move in my career. Uh, there was a time that uh, I, I took an entire sales department, and we grew 24% in, in one single year. And I attributed it to this: the quantum leap strategy, which really talks about incremental growth as being standard. You were just talking about good to great. Good is 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 the enemy of great. I think that in the quantum leap strategy and his methodology his ex explanation of it is that quantum leaps are as natural as incremental growth and they can be surprising and unexpected but we have to have a willingness and a desire to explore the possibility of having huge increases in short periods of time that almost become inexplicable how we can do it or how we get there it's inspiring it's fast and it's one of those that I've read dozens and dozens of times and have bought dozens of copies. So the Quantum Leap Strategy is my number two recommendation from Price Pritchett. Well, I think you make a good point on that too, Phil, from, from that book, is you have to be open to the possibility of quantum growth. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times, you know, and you and I have talked about this. You had an experience like that uh, where, you know, it was... Um, okay, we're looking for 3% growth in the budget this year. Well, how about 23% growth? Yeah, why, why not? Why I, not? Why can't we do that? I was an old football mentality, and I we used to, you know, have these plays designed. You know, there's situations in the football game we were, you know, you'd get into third down and 36 yards, you know. So what – you don't go through the playbook and find the third down and 36-yard play. Sometimes, Unless you're playing for Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> so um, sometimes we've got to design the what if. What if the field goal was, you know, the goalpost was moved on us? We sometimes feel like that in sales. Like, hey, we've got some pretty hefty numbers, but we kind of sell ourselves on this idea that, yeah, you know, I did this amount last year or this amount last month, and it becomes or it feels safe and it and it starts to create these expectations uh, we talked about it in a previous show about average orders and average asks we get why are we not asking for great amounts of money you know what happens if you do people just might buy it and when we when we developed a sales plan this was 2007 yeah. Yeah. i sat with the, the the salespeople articulated a goal of increasing by 30%, it, it took some conversation, it took dialogue, but it took some inspiration and possibility in creating what wasn't on our normal playlist, what wasn't in our normal playbook. So we grew by 24% that year, and uh, it astounded the market. And it, it was quantum growth. Yeah. So I think it's a fabulous read, yeah. a fast you have read, to be open to 40 that. pages, probably four bucks, get it today.
Okay, that sounds like a good one. My last one, this one is called Marketing Outrageously. It's by a guy named John Spoelstra. Yeah. Uh, John used to be the president of the New Jersey Nets. He comes out of professional sports. And, and basically, it's, it's a version of A Whack on the Side of the Head, if you've ever seen that book, which is another inspirational marketing book. Just uh, giving you ideas and uh, motivation to try to market outrageously. You know, if you're bland. This is this is the one with the iconic cover, right? Yeah, the 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 uh, sumo wrestler slam dunking the ball, slam dunking a basketball. <laughs> um, you know, safe is not always the best way. Bland doesn't always you know have a chance of getting noticed. We have a tendency to be on the safe side, be on the tested side of some things that we do from a marketing strategy standpoint. His recommendation is that you try some things that are a little out of the box and maybe a little bit more risky because the payoff is so much higher. So I'll just leave it at that. It's a fun read. I think it connects. I think, it, And I think that ties back into a, a solid uh, read along with uh, Roy Williams and the Wizard of Apps. Yep. I think that, you know, finding... Hand in glove. These are hand in glove ideas. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good read. And, and hopefully it, it, when you do, it, something will click. It'll, it'll inspire some new... Uh, marketing ideas for you that could uh, definitely help your client. So well, those are my five. That's perfect. Uh, drum roll, please. Okay. Dave. To the unprofessional, every tool becomes a hammer and every problem becomes a nail. And there's a lot of books that are fascinating books, Dave. I could have covered The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. We've all read that a dozen times. Seven Habits um, uh, by mm -hmm. uh, Covey and First Things First. Seth Godin. Oh, yeah. I think people are going to yell at us if we didn't have Seth Godin at least oh, yeah. mentioned in here. Well, he, and he's got 50 yeah. books out or whatever. Uh, the 33 Ruthless Rules uh, of Local Advertising by Michael Corbett. A great read. And my number one book, though, is probably a lesser-known book, and I'm in love with it. I have read it dozens of times. I have gifted this book dozens of times, not just for salespeople and sales managers, or clients, I've given this book to school teachers, those that are guiding others. And it is a book called Soar With Your Strengths, Soar With Your Strengths by Don Clifton and Paula Nelson. It too begins with a parable. And the parable is a fascinating story about a rabbit in school who during the day, during their classes, the rabbit had a jumping class and he loved jumping. As he had to go to his next class, uh, which was swimming class, the rabbit hated swimming, right? And so the schoolmaster decided that he was not doing well in swimming and was going to drop him from jumping so he could get two classes of swimming and become a better swimmer. So this is a parable that says those ideas don't work, right? It, it goes along the same lines as, uh, you know, quit trying to teach a pig to sing. It wastes your time and it annoys the pig. These help us understand what strengths we should be focusing on building and working on strengths, what advantages we gain from our productivity when we hire for strengths and we manage weaknesses. There's been argument about build, you know, team building and needing all types of tools in a toolbox. But when we're developing talent, when we're looking at our own things, we've talked about you know, the, the problems that people are experiencing with over-managing. If you've ever wondered as a manager why some people participate in sales contests and some don't, it has to do with strengths and weaknesses. 
interest and, 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 and lack of interest. But sometimes we are discouraged that people are not receptive to our ideas. Why do they not percolate? It's because they're not building upon a, a strength of that individual. And we need to learn about how to uh, really help flourish and blossom the strengths of individuals. We've, we've talked about things like Salesforce, where people are feel like the thumb is being put down on them in creative writing. There's some salespeople who like Salesforce, I understand, but there's a whole host that don't. It feels like a trap or a mechanism to over manage. And sometimes if we don't feel like we have an understanding of what our staffs are or what our personal capabilities are, meaning our strengths, that we sometimes create these tools and systems that actually negatively affect our productivity. So my number one recommendation is Soar With Your Strengths by Don Clifton and Paula Nelson. All right. That's a, that's a good one. I've, I've read that, and uh, I agree with you. It's a valuable read. Well, we'd like to know what books you like and books that you have read that have influenced the way you work and you think might be valuable for others to also read. So if you have uh, a book or two or three that we haven't mentioned that you think would uh, deserve a mention, we'd love to hear from you. You can simply email it to us at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. If we get your comments onto that, we will include your books and your recommendations into future podcasts. Yeah, here's an idea, though, Dave. I think this could be something that we can include in LinkedIn, and I want to remind people that as our as our as this show is uh, we're starting to see like quite a few people joining the listening and yep. we've turned out a, uh, quite a few new podcasts and the response levels are great i would really like to see the share of information increase because i kind of believe that obviously you and i are doing this because we care passionately about what we do but there really is no sales pitch here we're not asking you to buy anything but what what interests me is the information helps and it, it does lift all boats right I think the sharing of good information might, this might be a great idea for other books that we didn't cover today. Yeah. Share with, share with us through LinkedIn, follow us on Instagram or Facebook, but get involved. When this industry gets better, we all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective and from your perspective, Dave, we see, we've seen a lot of the bad sides of, of this business and we you know, really have been passionate about trying to fix those things and improve the sales tactics and the sales strategies and the sales management of this industry. When we get better, everybody benefits from it. Yeah. So the, if you've got ideas uh, for, for books, um, please share it with us and share it with your colleagues. You know, I think that's something that uh, I remember in, in one of the stations I was working at, we actually created a, a, a lending library at yeah, the station. Yeah, that's a great idea. And we all bought, I said, everybody needs to buy one book. Mm-hmm. So buy your favorite book, bring it in, and we're going to start rotating it, just like a lending library. And it grew yeah. and it grew, and we ended up with a lot of books and a lot of good information right at the fingertips, right there in the sales uh, pit, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So something that you could follow as well. Well, I think- it, Yeah, it serves as a, as a benefit and a reminder, and I think these episodes that we're doing help, help us. We've all been trained. We just don't all train continuously the more you listen the more you share the better we get so good good conversation today so thank you for listening please get involved please uh, share and let's spread the word you've been listening to media sales mojo i'm philip gabbard and i'm dave burke thanks for tuning in and good selling